have three questions for you, football fans. Should Packer fans still R-E-L-A-X about their team? How will Johnny Football be as Johnny full-time starting quarterback? And after their close call against the New York Giants, will the New England Patriots lose their first game of the season against the NFL team that's actually based in the state of New York? This is Adashina Koike, and you're listening to Down and Distance on a lot of sports talk. Week 11 is on the horizon, and once again, Down in Distance is in your ear. Thank you so very much for joining us once again. My name is Adashina Koike, and my co-host, as always, is Holly Culbertson. Last Thursday, Holly Culbertson, what were you doing? Screaming. (laughs) 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 Yes, last Thursday, the uh, Buffalo Bills uh, were able to take over second place in the AFC East. A win over the New York Jets, and being that you're a Bills fan and I'm a Jets fan, we won't spend too long on that <laughs> at all. But, um, wow, remember when we were here the last show? We were, yes. The Bills were three and five, well, three and four, excuse yep. me. They were facing the Dolphins, yep. and you were low on them, and yes. hit the Dolphins I over did. the Bills. Yes. And after I picked the Dolphins, I turned to you and said, now... What if the Bills were to beat the Dolphins and then go on the road and beat the Jets? You know you're just going to be happy as a clam after that, yes. right? Yes, I well, said that, but I also, but I also said because we were unsure if T-Mobile was going to play, and if T-Mobile played, we would win <laughs> against Miami. And they announced Tyrod playing literally at the last second. I'm like. I should have picked the bounce. Yeah, well. But it was too late. <laughs> it was too late. So, but that's okay. They, they, they demolished them. And, um, you know, the Jets game, there was a lot of mistakes on both sides. Yes. Um, it wasn't a pretty game, mm-hmm. but we finished it off. So, uh, What was prettier, the game or the uniforms that both teams Oh, my gosh. Really the uniforms were really bright green. Yeah, they were horrible. <laughs> and, you know, the whole, I felt that, you know, the next morning when I was reading the, the, the press about the game, and no one cared about who won the game. They were all picked off because colorblind people couldn't figure out who was winning and who was losing. <laughs> so I was like, wow, I didn't even think of that. So, you know, I don't think that experiment will happen again. Uh, it should not <laughs> at the very least. Hey, these are two of the flagship AFL teams, the Bills and the New York Titans. If you can throw it back to 1960, the old Buffalo Bills standing Bill uh, uh, uniforms and the New York Titans uniforms, that would have been just fine. Mm-hmm. Going back to the old AFL days, but I don't know, they threw it forward to about 2035. Yes. And yeah, that was a little strange. It was a little garish. Uh, but anyways, the Bills may have not looked the prettiest uh, on the field, but 5-4 uh, and four looks definitely pretty, given where they were uh, just a couple of weeks back, and now officially in second place in the AFC East. They're tied with the Jets, and the Bills own the tiebreaker. We'll be talking more about the Jets and the Bills in our third down segment, but in our first down segment, we are going to talk about one of the 6-3 and three teams in the National Football League, the Green Bay Packers, and on the surface, if you were living in a vacuum, 
and you saw six and three Green Bay Packers, you would think, oh, wow, they're in pretty good shape. But this was a Packers team that started six and oh out of the gate, one of the four undefeated teams in the league just a few weeks ago. They did lose two games in a row, and you could kind of excuse them for the two games that they lost the first two games of the season. They lost to two teams that at the time were undefeated, uh, the Denver Broncos Mm -hmm. and the Carolina Panthers, both on the road. But last week... At home, in Lambeau Field, taking on a putrid Detroit Lions football team going into that game 1-7. and seven. The Lions had not won in the state of Wisconsin since 1991. Had not won, whether in Green Bay, Milwaukee, wherever, I did know that in Wisconsin. Had not won in Wisconsin against the Packers since 1991. That statistic changed last Sunday. The Detroit Lions winning 18-16 to over the Green Bay Packers. Third straight loss for the Green Bay Packers up until the final 30 seconds of the game. The Packers only had 10 points in that game, but the Packers got the touchdown, missed the two-point conversion, got the onside kick after Calvin Johnson let the onside kick go through his hands, recovered by Green Bay. Game-winning field goal attempt by uh, Mason Crosby. No good. The Lions two and seven. The Green Bay Packers six and three and now in second place in the NFC North behind the surprising seven and two Minnesota Vikings. Holly Culbertson, hide your laugh and smile. Um, okay, you didn't. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. So uh, the running game hasn't been going. Now wow. Rodgers has been skittish. The offensive line hasn't really protected too much. And remember last year. After the Packers, I believe, had a 1-2 and two start, and the media was about to sound the alarm bells for the Green Bay yes, Packers. and he came right out and said, spelled out, relax. On the podium, spelled it out, R-E-L-A-X. He's not saying that this year. Now again, <laughs> he's not. Now again, the Packers are 6-3. and three. They're in a position for a playoff spot, but there are worries for the Green Bay Packers. So, do you think, in terms of the Green Bay Packers right now, as they head into the game against Minnesota, should people about the Green Bay Packers, should they R-E-L-A-X, or should they W-O-R-R-Y about them? I don't don't think they need to worry about them getting in the playoffs, because I think that will happen. If they're thinking they're going to win the division, then yes, they need to be worried. Because of the team that I've been kind of high on all year, kind of. <laughs> really high on them this year, is the Minnesota Vikings. And they're playing very well, and they're actually playing better than the Packers. The Packers need to regroup. Um, I don't know what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. I've never seen him play this bad. Um, consistently play this bad? And then, yes, two games is consistent for him, because he usually bounces back after a game, a bad game. And it not improving. So I don't know what's going on. He needs to regroup. He needs to pull it together and be the quarterback that he we all know and love that he is. Um, they've got no running game at all, and they've got to establish that if they are going to even make the playoffs. I think they will, again, um, but they have to rely on Rodgers' arm a lot more than they should. And so... It, it, and their defense is not playing all that great either. No, so they've gotten tightened up. And, you know, the, the rest of their season, I think they can pull it off and get a playoff berth, but I don't think they're going to get the division. So 
Packer fans, yeah, you should be worried about that. <laughs> That's what I think they should be worried about. Fair enough. Well, uh, you mentioned the running game and not uh, getting going in the past few weeks, and there have been questions about whether A.D. Lacy, the starting running back for the Green Bay Packers, is even in shape as of right now to yeah. carry the load. Literally in shape. Right. Uh, the first six weeks of the season, the Packers went 6-0. Uh, and mm-hmm. In five of the six games, the Packers ran as a team mm-hmm. for at least 123 right. yards in five of the six games. They didn't even come close to that in the last two games. The last three games against the Denver Broncos, good defense, right. 90 rushing yards. Right. Against the Carolina Panthers, pretty good defense, 71 rushing yards. Yeah. Against the Detroit Lions, not a good defense, 47 I know. rushing yards. The, let's give Detroit a little credit. They, that was a Detroit team that I was like, oh, there they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what we're talking so long? Well, yeah. it, it did just take him a quarter century to beat the past. But I just said, this is the team that we all saw last year. And it's like, oh, well, it took you quite a while. Too late to get here now, but glad you're doing better. Uh, it's, it's really been just at the drop of a hat where we go from Packers talk and thinking about them and how good they are and how good Aaron Rodgers is. And it doesn't, not that it doesn't matter, but regardless of who goes down, other people can step in and Aaron Rodgers can make things work. Now, all of a sudden, the Jordy Nelson injury that hurt. get magnified a little yeah. bit. The first six weeks it was, oh, you put Devontae Adams here, you now it's an issue. Right now. Now it's an issue. And now the wide receivers can't really get separation Mm-mm. from the defenders. Now, again, Denver, Carolina, two really good defenses. Mm-hmm. Um, and Carolina absolutely took them out of the game early. And yeah. uh, Green Bay was able to come back. They were within about five, six yards of scoring the touchdown and maybe tying the game with a two-point conversion late. Uh, but the receivers can't get separation. Aaron Rodgers is not as confident in the pocket because his offensive line is not doing well either – in run blocking or in pass blocking either. No, and they're not. Regardless of how good of a quarterback you are. If you don't have an offensive line. <laughs> if you don't have protection or a run game, uh, yeah, you'll be running around scared too. All right? <laughs> and he said the word scared um, yeah. after the uh, Carolina game, which is very interesting. Uh, but that Detroit Lions game, we just all expect, oh, they're facing the Lions. The Lions are bad. Yeah. Uh, we all thought that, that. I thought it was a no-brainer. I was like, whoa, what happened here? Yeah. No. And... and I guess I can't really ask you this question because you've been saying it all season long, but I had wanted to say, ask, is this a changing of the guard? Are you literally seeing a changing of the guard in the NFC North? Because I told you before the season started that there are two divisions in which you can pick the team to win the division and you shouldn't go away from it until you actually see it happen. Denver? Mm-hmm. in the AFC West, and Green Bay in the NFC North. Every other division, you can pick whoever you want, okay? But those two divisions, it's Denver and Green Bay until further notice. Is Not it, anymore! You say it's further notice. It's further notice! <laughs> it is further notice. And we're going to talk a little bit more about further the... Uh, further <laughs> We're going to talk a little bit more about uh, the Minnesota Vikings and the uh, Green Bay Packers as well. And we'll also talk a little bit about the Chicago Bears, an improving team uh, right now. What a difference Jay Cutler makes, right? All right. Uh, that. that. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's Chicago. Jay Cutler comes back even without Matt Forte at running back. Beat he's, San Diego. He's, they look great the last two games. Yeah. They've looked really good. Beat St. Louis. So, uh, some concerns with the Green Bay Packers. You think they will eventually make the playoffs? 
Is this Packer team equipped to win a road playoff game? Depends who it is. Okay, usually, Aaron Rodgers, Packers, Lambeau, you would definitely uh, bet on them to win a playoff game at Lambeau Field. Right. If you think that the Packers will make the playoffs but not win the division, I guess you say it depends on who it is. If it's the NFC East champion, Giants, Washington, Philadelphia. They will have a chance. They have yes, a chance. they do. They do have a chance. Um, though the Giants are kind of looking a lot better lately. Um, can they win a road playoff game? It, you're saying it just yes. depends. Yeah, I think they can. But, it, 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 yeah, it's it's too hard to predict unless you know who that team is. I mean, yeah, NFC East, like say it's the Eagles. Yeah, they can, they can beat the Eagles. That, not that I think the Eagles are going to win that division. But, um yeah, it just really depends on who it is. Fair enough. But yeah, can they go on the road and win? Yeah, absolutely again. Sure. Yeah, that's fair enough. And, you know, Rodgers plays well in the playoffs. He always has. So, But he's also had home field advantage all the way through. He's most likely not going to have that this year. <laughs> exactly. That's uh, so, a big thing. Can the Packers go well, on the road? I think they can. If they get, if, I mean, if they continue playing like they're playing now, no. But they won't make the playoffs if they continue that way. But I, I think they'll they'll straighten up enough and, and, and at least get into the wild card. I, I'm saying changing of the guard and Minnesota Vikings has got this division. I know. So uh, it's still a mystery as to which team you're going to pick on our third down segment between mm-hmm. the Packers and the Vikings mm-hmm. at a TCF Bank Stadium. Another team that we thought we were sure of, at least up until this past Monday, mm-hmm. was another team that started out 6-0 and mm-hmm. and then 7-0 and and then 8-0 and and then had a Monday Night Football game against a team that was 3-5, and and we just all thought that the Cincinnati Bengals would be 9-0. and mm-hmm. Then the primetime jinx. Choke. <laughs> right. Again and again! It happened again! again. <laughs> right. He was doing so well, too! <laughs> and Andy Dalton didn't have a good game. He was mm-hmm. not helped by Tyler Eifert, the tight end, mm-hmm. who had three drops. And I guess this is the down-and-distance jinx it because was. the uh, last conversation we had was with Dave Lapham, yeah. the uh, Cincinnati Bengals uh, color commentator. We talked with him, talked about all the great things about the Bengals, what they need to improve on. They're already 8-0. And then we talked to them, and then they lay um, one of the most massive eggs of the 2015 NFL yeah. season, at least of a team that actually uh, is considered to be pretty good. The loss to the Houston Texans, 10-6, to did not score a touchdown nope. in the game. Only 256 total yards. The defense actually held Houston. Defense did, no, I mean, I guess the, the two defenses played okay. Um, Obviously, Cincinnati didn't play good enough. They needed to score a touchdown because their offense wasn't doing anything. Um, I I was really surprised by that game. I was shocked, actually. I figured Cincinnati was going to roll right in there and roll right back out. But I was like, oh, there he is. Tonight. So let's hope, you know, he... That was it. He's done. And he goes back to, to being what he was. Well, there's and no... Not, Primetime game. I know. <laughs> Coming up for the Bengals I know. Arizona. I know. And I'm like, oh, all right, Andy Dog, get it together. And you know what, though? I, I mean, we're talking about that game later, so I'll, I'll refrain. Well, I will, I will ask you this at least about the Cincinnati Bengals and that performance against Houston, given what they had done mm-hmm. uh, all season long. Is this just a let's just chalk it up to one bad day? 
Or do you think this is kind of a sign that Cincinnati's still not ready yet? That Houston game, do you just say, you know what? One bad game, another prime time flop. Given everything that you have done all season long, I'll give you a pass or no pass. I'm going to start to worry about you again after that Houston game. I can't, pass? I can't, I can't answer that after, after the Arizona game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's probably more fair to ask that question after the Arizona yeah, game. Because then I could tell you, because if he has another choke moment in primetime, we're like, okay, guys, yeah, you're not, now you got to worry. There's no more R-E-L-E-X. For that team, um, I, but you know what? No, I'll, I'll say I think I don't think we have to worry about it. They, they've been playing good football all year, and I think this was just you know any given Sunday or Monday, you know, in football world, and you know, good for Houston. They needed something for that dismal year, so um, I think it's just a fluke. I think they're still a really, really good team. And they'll do all right. So you're going to chalk this up as one yes. bad day in the office. I'm going to say it's one bad day. <laughs> one bad day. And I'll probably office. eat my words next week. But <laughs> Well, if they lose to Arizona, it's not as if we're – I wouldn't sound the alarm bells. Arizona's a really good team. Yeah. Uh, but I guess it depends on the manner of how, of they, how they play. And how they, right. If the offense – bombs like they did this this week. Yeah, then maybe you should worry a little bit. But I, I don't I think we're, we're talking about that game later. So. No, we are. We, we are. are so. Um the Houston Texans, four and five on the season, tied with the Indianapolis Colts as well. Um, on a scale of one to ten, how interested are you in the AFC South race with the Colts four and five, with the Houston Texans four and five, with the Jacksonville Jaguars who had a Big victory on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. Just a game back in the standings as well. And I guess even Tennessee isn't totally out, I believe, just a couple of games back uh, in the lost uh, column. So Jacksonville 3-6, and six, they had a win, although the NFL came out and said that on that last play of the game, there should have been a false start. All 11 players were not set mm-hmm. by the time Bortles got the snap. Yep. That was the play that he got sacked, but Elvis Dumaville mm-hmm. grabbed his face mask, 15-yard penalty. Well, they were able to kick the field goal, an untimed down last play of the game, uh, 50-plus yard field goal by Jason Myers to win the game. So Jacksonville's not out of it yet. They are literally just a game back. Okay, so this Jacksonville-Tennessee game on Thursday, huge game, right? Huge. For the AFC South fans. <laughs> huge I game. You, you have AFC South fans as family members. I know. Okay, at least I one. I have one. Okay, at least one. Yeah, he's like one of my favorite cousins, too. <laughs> yeah. he, he's going to listen to this, and he's probably going to yell at me on Facebook. Um, well, you know... One of them's going to make it. (laughs) (laughs) One of them's going to make it. And given the uh, recent pattern, that team may finish 8-8 or 7-9 and win a game in the playoffs. We saw that with Seattle with a 500 record. We saw that with uh, the Carolina Panthers last year as well. If anybody's going to do it, I think Indy's going to do it. I think Indy's climbing up a little bit after their smackdown of Denver. Denver, yeah. And um, so I think that gave Indy some well-needed, much-needed, sorry, confidence that that they're not a bad team. They're not as the Indy that we all know, but they're they're getting better. Um, I I think if anybody's going to pull it off, it is going to be Indy in that division. Now, they're going into their game against the Atlanta Falcons without Andrew Luck because during that game, uh, he took a couple of really Mm -hmm. big hits, and uh, one of those hits caused a lacerated kidney. Mm -hmm. Um, So he is out, and he's been dealing with uh, ribs, ribs... uh, 
issues as well. But as of right now, it's the lacerated kidney, a torn abdominal muscle yeah, he's uh, as well. So um, if you were the coach or the quarterback's coach of the Indianapolis Colts, Andrew Luck is a winner. He's a fighter. Mm-hmm. He plays, as they say, quarterback like a linebacker. He's not worried about the hits he takes. No. He's a big guy. Uh, would you tell him to kind of scale that back a little bit? Slide yes. when you have to. Don't yes. take unnecessary hits. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> he needs to be a lot more careful with himself because now look at him. You know, I mean, and he can't keep taking like hits like that if he's going to stay an NFL quarterback. So he needs to scale it back. I, yes, even I mean even. I mean, look at Roethlisberger. I mean, he's a huge guy, and he he's always injured because he, he takes risks. He takes huge risks, and he gets injured a lot. Now, outside, so, well, at least when Ben runs, he ends up sliding. He doesn't he does. actually That's true. do yeah, that. I'm going to lower my head to, on a brick wall. Yeah, like no, that. and I, I, I get that. You know, I mean, we were just talking, um, you know, uh, the Bills Jets games they were saying with Tyrod Taylor they had to tell him to scale it back because same thing with Ryan Fitzpatrick right Fitzpatrick's <laughs> doing the same thing then they told him just uh, scale, scale yeah, get back. down get, get down, down. Um, you know so because they've all gotten hurt and we're out a couple games and it's it's hurt their season so um, they have to do the same with luck so the 4-5 and five Colts take on the Atlanta Falcons that won't be one of the games that we preview uh, on our third down segment but this has been our first down segment and a pretty productive uh, first down segment as well so we're getting ready to go to our second down segment and our second down interview and it's a double dip of interviews for our second down segment. Again, we were at MetLife Stadium for the New England Patriots win over the New York Giants 27-26. And we did a couple of post-game interviews, and those interviews make up our second down segment. One of the players we talked to was Brandon LaFell, wide receiver for the Patriots. Two catches, 66 yards in the game, and he will be asked to step up a whole lot more in the absence of wide receiver Julian Edelman, who is out with the broken bone in his foot so we speak with Brandon LaFell and we also spoke with defensive back Logan Ryan the defensive secondary had the unenviable task of trying to stop and slow down Odell Beckham Jr and after ODB's 87 yard touchdown catch of the Giants second play from scrimmage in the first quarter the Patriots secondary did a really good job on ODB he only had uh, three catches for 17 yards for the rest of the game so our second down segment a couple of patriots brandon lafell and logan ryan we will see you on our third down segment once again this is down in distance on a lot of sports talk Adishinakoti down here in the locker room, joined by Brandon LaFell, wide receiver of the New England Patriots, 66 yards, receiving the Patriots, 27, the New York Giants, 26. First of all, Brandon, 9-0 in the season. A win is a win is a win, as they say. Definitely. But at the same time, does this feel a little different the way you won this game? It, it definitely feels – feel, I think it feels great because it's the one right now. It's the, it's the game we played. We just, the game we just played, and being down the whole game, we had to fight it. They, they, they was a great team. We played, man. You know, you got to tip your hats off to those guys. But we just made plays in the end when we needed to. How much of it is it's the win right now that makes you feel special compared to the way you won this game in being down and coming back in the last second field goal? I think it's more 70% just the way we won. 70%? <laughs> yeah, man. That was that was tough. He was down the whole game. Needed to play. Danny Amendola made a big play in special teams. A lot of guys got cracked back blocks. And, you know, defense, Malcolm Butler, those guys stood up. 
made made him um, got a couple of three and outs. Then made it, and then he knocked the ball out of um, out of old hand in the end zone. Held him to three, gave us the ball back with a, with a minute and fifty. And with a minute and fifty, with the offense we got and Tom leading, leading us, man, we knew we just had to get in the field goal range. And Steve was gonna make it play. In that first drive, you score a touchdown. Then immediately, fifty-one seconds, I believe, they tie the game. You had an eight-minute drive to take the lead at the very beginning. They strike back in under a minute. Did that deflate you guys a little bit? Because the rest of that first half on offense wasn't the Patriots type of offense that most fans and experts are used to seeing. No, not at all. We're a team. We always say we want to answer the bell. You know, those guys. We came out of score fast. We we came out of score. Took a lot of time off. They they scored in two plays. We had to answer the bell, but we just got it out. We just got in our way. We had a I think a, a negative run. Then had a penalty. Then we, we just went three and out. Then went three and out again. So. We felt like those guys were playing great defense, but a lot of those things was, was self-inflicted wounds. Big play in the fourth quarter on that 54-yard uh, pass completion on that jump ball down the left sideline. What was the call, and what did you see on that uh, jump ball hanging in the air for so long? Oh uh, man, I just, I just had, a, I really had a clear-out fade, and um, TB was like, "Just stay open, just stay alive on it, just stay alive on it." And every time he said it, he never throws me the ball. He just <laughs> wanted me to just run my tail off. So I just, I, I took off and. I get 30 yards down the field, and I just see the ball in the air, and I'm looking. I, I barely can see the ball, so I knew the DB, the DB really can see it as much as I can see it. So I was like, push on the shove. I'm not going to jump up and go get it. I'm just going to play it off the tip because if he see it at the last minute, all he's going to do is just tip it up in the air, and I'm going to catch it anyway. You didn't see it because of the lights? The lights, man. It was going in and out the lights. <laughs> it was going in and out. Uh, were those the either most difficult lights that you've played in? Um, lighting I would, no, I would have to say New Orleans probably the most difficult. Is it dark or is it too bright? No, it was. It was. New Orleans is dark because some of the lights go out. So it'd be like you'll see the ball and they go in and out the light. So New Orleans is probably the most difficult. Uh, the last drive, uh, Stephen Kostowski making the 54-yard field goal. There's all the confidence in the world that you're going down the field and scoring. Correct? Definitely, man. We we do it all the time. We do it two times a week. We practice on um, two-minute drill, a rally period where we just go no no um, no huddle, fast tempo. I guess our defense. So we feel like we can go get three or four, three points. Sometimes seven against our defense during the week. Why not? Why we can't go get it during the game? Uh, did you watch the field goal going through, or did you have your back turned? Oh, I definitely had my back turned. I got faith in Steve. I'm that's he money. You had your back turned, but you have faith in Steve. I got faith in him. I don't need to see him kicking. I know his money. I got faith in that guy. Um, I won't mention uh, what's going on with the LSU Tigers in the past couple weeks, but what's going on? We just we just had a bad November, man. We just having a bad November. Hopefully we can get get back on track with a win against Ole Miss this week. My apologies for being the wet blanket about your uh, all alma mater, but the Patriots nine and zero. Brandon LaFell, thank you so very much for joining us. Congratulations on the win. Thank you. The New England Patriots with a 27-26 victory over the New York Giants here at MetLife Stadium. The Patriots 9-0 and and defensive back Logan Ryan joining us. First of all, congratulations on the win. What are the feelings after winning a barn burner and on the last second play of the game? What are the feelings right now? Great, man. We haven't had too many games like that. But we have a team built for uh, performances like that. So uh, we needed everybody. Offense did a great job. And it was a lot of fun. I'm sure some experts would say, oh, this may be one of the games that the Patriots needed against a competitive, very good team, competitive game down to the wire. Do you see it that way, needing a game like this? And we need as many wins as we can get. I mean, we knew they're a well-coached team. They're tough. They're disciplined a lot like us. We knew it was going to take four quarters, and that's exactly what they gave us. Uh, how was it going up against Odo Beckham in that receiving core? Beckham had his touchdown. Dwayne Harris uh, broke out in this game. How was it going man-for-man, hand-to-hand combat with the Giants receivers and Beckham, too? It was good. It was a lot of fun, man. They're, they're great competitors. They got a great uh, quarterback. They made it tough on us, but at the end of the day, um, coming out of halftime, we knew we had to make plays. We knew we were due, and um, 
Guys started making plays at the end. Malcolm Butler makes a great play at the end. Everyone starts to step up, and we knew it was going to swing our way. Uh, did, did it seem that the punt return when you guys were down by 10 by Danny Amendola really gave you life? Yeah, it's huge, man. Danny always has games like that for us, making huge plays, and that's why he's such a uh, great, great player in this league. Uh, what's the first thing you're going to do once you leave this locker room knowing that you got the victory and you're out of town with the victory? We're going to have a lot of fun on the plane. <laughs> uh, what do you do on the plane? going to have a lot of fun. <laughs> Logan Ryan, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Welcome back to Down and Distance here on A Lot of Sports Talk as we're getting ready for our third down segment. And once again, it's a third down and long. It's a third down and seven officially, seven games that we will preview and make predictions on in week 11 of the NFL season. And before we do that, we have to go back to week nine, the last time uh, we did uh, selections. And uh, just judging by that, uh, it looks like... We didn't do really well. No, we no, not at all. Well, let's go back really quick. Green Bay, Carolina. I did say Carolina was going to win, and they had yep. that it factor, and you yep. chose Green Bay. So I, think, I didn't think they'd go two in a row. Yeah, yep. we both picked uh, Miami. Happily blew that one. Happily for you, blew that. Um, The Oakland-Pittsburgh game, I went on the road. I said I was going to pick the Raiders, and that was probably the best game of the week. 38-35, the Steelers did pull it out, and that was a gut punch to me, uh, picking Oakland. So then that evens our record at 1-2, and and then that St. Louis-Minnesota game that the Vikings won in overtime. You chose the Vikings. I said mm-hmm. the Rams would win on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, and I lost in overtime. So when I lose, I just lose. Mm-hmm. Okay? We both picked Tampa Bay against the Giants. We both lost. Yes. Yep. We both picked Denver over yes. Indianapolis. We both lost. Yes. But I told you what was going to happen in the second quarter. I said, you did. You predicted. You And you called me. You sure called me. And the Broncos, as I said in the podcast, were going to come back. Did come back tight the game. But the Colts did end up winning that game. And once again, another game that you get that I don't that's like this close. Mm-hmm. This Sunday night game two weeks ago, Eagles, mm-hmm. Cowboys. I said somehow the Cowboys would win. The game went to overtime, and then the first possession of overtime, Sam Bradford to Jordan Matthews for a touchdown pass to end yep. the game in overtime. So. I smiled a little bit with that, I have to say. Yeah, I didn't. Well, but you hate the Cowboys, as you said, during that podcast. Um, so it is a third down and seven, and our first game takes us to the Windy City and Soldier Field, where the head coach of the Chicago Bears is John Fox. He's going up against his former employer, the Denver Broncos. And the four years that John Fox spent as a member of the Denver Broncos and head coach, their record was 46-18, and 3 12-plus winning seasons, four playoff seasons, three playoff wins, one Super Bowl loss, and a pink slip from John Elway. Uh, now he is with the Chicago Bears. The Bears started out 2-5, and five, had a lot of injuries. Jay Cutler didn't play in one of the games when Jimmy Clausen came in and played against the Seattle Seahawks and every single Chicago offensive possession in that game resulted in a punt. Uh, but in the last two games, the Bears have had impressive victories on the road in Monday night against the San Diego Chargers without Matt Forte with a sprained MCL and once again without Matt Forte they go on the road and 
and beat a Rams team that a lot of people think positively of outside of the quarterback position with Nick Foles. He's now bench Case Keenum playing. Uh, but the Bears won in St. Louis as well. The Bears are 4-5. and five. The Broncos are now 7-2. and two. Peyton Manning had... By far, his worst performance as a professional football player with those four interceptions. Only one more completion to his own team than to the opponents uh, in an embarrassing loss uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs. And And I just have to say, I mean, I kind of predicted this (laughs) in the beginning of the season. Yes, Denver has an amazing defense, but that's starting to break down a little bit because their offense isn't doing well and they're on the field all the time. So, And now the Denver Broncos are on the road. Peyton Manning dealing with plantar fasciitis, amongst other ailments. Gary Kubiak benching uh, Peyton Manning during that Kansas City game, and Peyton Manning will sit this game, it'll be Brock Osweiler uh, starting at quarterback for the Denver Broncos. I'm sure you know all about Brock so Osweiler. Anybody know about him? Arizona State. I saw him in college <laughs> a little while ago, but yeah, I saw him in college. I was like, tall quarterback, tall quarterback. Yeah, I, yeah they, said that they, they said, you know, they benched him and brought in Osweiler. I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> so then I'm like, okay, Google. <laughs> so, um, it was a great thing. Yeah, well, Osweiler, 14-24 in the game, had a touchdown through a pick, um, and it is now his game to win or lose 6-7-240, another statuesque quarterback mm-hmm. like Peyton Manning, which yep. means the Denver Broncos offensive line really needs to protect mm-hmm. against the uh, Chicago Bears, uh, who have been playing so much better in the past couple of weeks with Brock Osweiler at quarterback, with the defense that's still okay, but hasn't done as well, partially because the offense hasn't been able to sustain uh, drives and be able to be on the field and give the defense a little bit of rest. When you're throwing interceptions all over the place, your defense will be back out on the field again. Again, again, again. again. (laughs) Okay. Can the Broncos show resilience and rebound going up against a, I don't want to say resurgent Bears team, but an improving Chicago Bears team? Agreed, they're improving. Um, I don't think they're going to win. Who's they? Denver. You don't think no, Denver's going to win? I think win? Chicago's going to win. You think Chicago's going to win yes. 500? Yes. And win this game? Yes. Um, so, in your Google search of Brock Osweiler, <laughs> did he give you any hope that he can, in Peyton Manning's stead, just steady the ship long enough for either A, the run game to help him out, or B, the defense to help him out and... Uh, win the game for the Bears. Anything? Absolutely nothing, man. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> nothing gave me the warm and fuzzies about this guy. So, um, yeah, I, I, I have. I think going into Chicago, Chicago's had a great couple games. I think that's going to keep going forward. Um, obviously, there's some issues on the offense, you know, in Denver, and they can't expect the defense to win these games. They just can't anymore. I mean. They have an amazing defense. No one's denying that. But, like I said, you said, you you can't have an amazing defense when you're always on the field. So, um, I think that's going to be kind of the same thing this week. So, Chicago wins. Well, I'll put it this way. If... Peyton Manning's biggest problem, and it has been all season long, is that he is not able to get the ball out far enough to where it needs to be. 
if you bring in at least a healthy quarterback who has a really strong arm and Brock Osweiler yeah. does, doesn't have experience, but he has the arm to place any football Yes, he does, but I think the problem is he's inexperienced and the defense of, Dem- or of Chicago is going to be all over it. And, you know, uh, he, yeah, the, I, I see a lot of interceptions in this game because <laughs> he's going to – he hasn't enough experience to know – Yes, throw that long ball, but he's gonna try to needle it in between somebody that's double teamed. I can, I can like, just foresee this. And there's an interception. <laughs> Maybe Brock doesn't try to force things a whole lot and oh, takes uh, what the defense gives Brock Osweiler. And then when he's able to, I think they're gonna, deep. I think they're gonna try to go aggressive against Fox, just because they think they can. And yeah, I. I, I don't see it happening. I just don't you see don't it happening. don't see it happening. No, I so you don't. think John Fox gets his revenge on his former employer? Which I think he should, because I didn't think he should have gotten fired to begin with. But at any rate, yes, I, I do. I don't know. Something tells me that Brock and the Broncos do just enough <laughs> to get out of Chicago alive. Because they've been doing it all season long, where they haven't played their best football, and they've mm-hmm. been able to win games. And they've been able to win games again when they haven't played their best football. Obviously, I don't think they're going to play their best football. But I think that could be a motivating factor that I don't think too many people think that the Broncos will be playing their best ball on Sunday with their number two quarterback. And if the Broncos, and it's a big if, if they can get their running game going with Anderson, with Ronnie Hillman, and take a little bit of pressure off of Osweiler, because here's what's going to happen, at least in my opinion. I think the Bears do load the box to try and stop the run mm-hmm. and force Brock Osweiler to beat him deep. But at the same right. time, you can't forget that if you have a healthy quarterback, experience or not, and you have Demarius Thomas on one side, well, yeah. Emmanuel Sanders on the other side, Vernon Davis as your tight end, <laughs> you have weapons. He does. And a healthy quarterback. I understand that, but health is not going to win them. I, I don't think it's going to win this game. <laughs> I think given that Brock is going to have a full week of practice going into this game. I hope he watches a lot of films. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will and has done this yeah. I do yeah. think Denver, and we're going to talk about it again, how did Denver pull that off? We've said that before. I think we say that again. Okay. And uh, Denver uh, wins on the road against Chicago, but it would be uh, interesting to see if John Fox were to get the victory and get his revenge on his former employer. So from the Windy City, we go to the city of brotherly love, where the Philadelphia Eagles coming off a loss to the Miami Dolphins. They not only lost the game, they lost their starting quarterback. Sam Bradford took a big hit on the sack. Concussion separated shoulder doesn't look as if he will play this week. He's still in the concussion protocol. Mark Sanchez came in, did fairly well until he, until he threw an interception in the end zone. Uh, pretty typical. Yeah, pretty uh, Mark Sanchez. Pretty Mark Sanchez of him. Yes. Yeah, so the Eagles had a chance to be in first place all alone because the Giants ended up losing to New England. So Philly could have been five and four with a win against the Miami Dolphins. Lost. They're four and five. The team they're facing at home. Also 4-5, and five, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming off a thrilling, enthralling 
10 to 6 win over the Dallas Cowboys. The only touchdown of the game yeah. scored with under a minute to go. Yeah. James Winston yeah. on a one yard touchdown run earlier on in that drive. Winston, while diving for the end zone, fumbled the ball, recovered by the Cowboys, game over. But the Cowboys committed a penalty on that play, kept the game alive. Winston able to score the only touchdown of the game, the game winning touchdown. Matt Castle throwing an interception in the end zone to seal the deal for the Buccaneers. Tampa is 4 and 5 and they are on the road and they have had a couple of pretty good road wins both in the, in the division they won mm-hmm. at New Orleans mm-hmm. and they also won at Atlanta just a few weeks back as well so now Tampa Bay after their win against Dallas takes on another team from the NFC East the Philadelphia Eagles on the road taking on the Eagles where Mark Sanchez will most likely start uh, the Eagles were doing better running the ball better uh, before last week can the Eagles bounce back and get back to 500 or can Jameis Winston Magic somehow appear again on the road in Tampa Bay gets another big road win to get to 500 winner gets to 500 who gets to 500 Tampa Bay Tampa you like Tampa I do because do you like Tampa or do you not like Philly I don't, I don't care about either team. No, do you like... Yeah, no, I like Tampa is, is this to win. win. You like Tampa to win. No, I don't... Because of what no. Tampa brings to the table, I think it's no, no, I think it's what Tampa brings to the table. Philly has Mark Sanchez. <laughs> and that's it. Beyond yeah, that, 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 there, There's nothing else to say there. It's Mark Sanchez. This is a quarterback who has gone to two AFC title games. It's Mark Sanchez. This is a quarterback I, who I is... If I, I remember, okay, let's just oh. put that this way. Yeah, this is a quarterback that got two, two AFC championships because of his defense. He had inconsistent play all through those two championships, but his defense saved his butt both years. <laughs> Sorry. You really think so? That is why he is not a starting quarterback in the NFL anymore. I, I have to I have to look this up and my apologies if I if I don't uh, pull this up pretty quickly I, I looked this up probably about last year. If you think that the defense carried Mark Sanchez to AFC title games, that's your opinion. And it is my opinion. Yeah, Mark Sanchez, if my memory serves me correctly, has the sixth highest quarterback rating in NFL history in playoff games. Then why, then why is he a second-string quarterback right because now? Because he cannot do it in the regular season. Thank you! <laughs> thank you! <laughs> okay, he has consistently you. done it in the regular season. He has done it in the regular season, but not consistently in the regular season. And hence why he's <laughs> sitting on a bench. Point but again, no, point made. Well, hey... In big games, not just in the postseason, but in the regular season as well, Mark Sanchez, as much of a reputation he has of being a bleep up, okay, (laughs) has performed. Shocking as it is to a lot of people, maybe it's because I'm just a diehard Jets fan and I'm trying to defend Mark Sanchez. I think you are. Uh, I think that's how it goes. (laughs) But, okay. But yeah, Tampa Bay's going to win. Tampa Bay's going to win. Tampa Bay goes to 500. Yeah. The importance of this game is this: uh, Tampa Bay's not going to win their division. Carolina has that yeah. done. Right. Philly still can win their division. The Giants then. are five and five. They have a bye week, and if Philly were to win this game, they'd be tied with the Giants and te- yep. technically ahead of the Giants yep. because of the head-to-head win on Monday Night Football uh, a month ago. Uh, the two teams that hold the wild card spots in the NFC are the six and three Green Bay Packers and the six and three Atlanta Falcons. If one of those teams loses 
on Sunday, and it's possible Atlanta could lose at home to Indianapolis, and Green Bay could lose at home to Minnesota. Uh, we'll get your prediction on that um, shortly. If you have been listening to our show, and everyone should know who Holly's going to pick in that game. Uh, <laughs> but if one of those teams loses... They'll go down to 6-4, and four, and the winner of this game will only be a game back of that second wildcard spot. So it is big, assuming that either Green Bay or Atlanta loses. So it's big, especially for the Eagles, because if they were to try and catch Atlanta for a wildcard spot, Atlanta has the tiebreaker. Atlanta beat them on Monday Night Football to begin the season. So this is my roundabout way of saying that I do think Mark Sanchez does enough against the Buccaneers. This is two teams in a row. What? You said the same thing about Tampa. Yes, Brock Osweiler and Mark Sanchez will win the game. Oh, my gosh. At least one of them will win the game. I can't go (laughs) on two with Osweiler's. Of course I can go on two. Yes, you can. You are going to go on two. But I think think Philly, who's been running the ball a whole lot better in the past few games. Don't roll your eyes, Holly. I can roll my eyes. I think you're way (laughs) wrong on this. Oh, because Tampa Bay is so much better. No, I'm not saying they're so much better, (laughs) but I just, I have no faith in Mark Sanchez. No, more than Jameis Winston and Mark Sanchez. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so now I'm rolling my eyes. I guess <laughs> <what>? <laughs> yes, right. point counterpoint. So, two games, two disagreements. We'll see if we agree on this third game. It also involves an NFC East team, the Washington Football Club, another team that's playing better, and they absolutely destroyed the New Orleans Saints to the point where the New Orleans Saints defensive coordinator, Rob Ryan, is no longer the New Orleans Saints defensive coordinator. Uh, he was fired during uh, this bye week that the New Orleans Saints have as the defensive coordinator, but Washington playing very well. Kirk Cousins, four touchdowns in the game against New Orleans. Part, of that, part of that is he looks good. Part of that is he's playing against the Saints defense. We saw what Eli Manning did to the Saints defense. We saw what Marcus Mariota did to the uh, Saints the defense. The Saints have a defense. <laughs> so should we say the Saints defense? Yeah, no defense. defense. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, Washington playing better, mm-hmm. but they have their ultimate litmus test. Well, actually, they had the ultimate litmus test a couple of weeks ago at Lo- at New England, and now they're at Carolina, who's nine and zero on the season, and they could start this season ten and zero. Yeah, and I think they're going to. Yeah. So I'm picking Carolina. <laughs> I think we both agreed on that one right away. Yeah, I don't think we have to spend too much time no. uh, on it. But I will say this though for Washington. It might be After, a, I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't think it'll be a Washington, blowout. except for Washington has pretty much, maybe except for that Giants game on a Thursday night in September, Washington, by and large, has been in every game. Yeah, they have. They've kept it. They've been in every game. Yeah, they've kept it, you know, in there. They've kept themselves in them. They haven't been able to close them out. That's yes, the issue. Exactly. The- um, but I don't think this is, Carolina's going to blow them out of the water like New England did. But, I mean, everybody was blowing them out of New England out of water until this week. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a decent game, but Carolina wins. Yeah, I don't even think that game against New England was, I mean, the score says 27-10, but uh, Washington was in it in the third quarter. Not, at, But it was one of those games where, on the scoreboard, they were in it, but when watching the game, you never really thought that they were going to actually, yeah, actually really right. push the Patriots right. down to the wire. But you look at the schedule, uh, they, the game against the Dolphins season opener could have had that Jarvis Landry punt return mm-hmm. uh, late in the game uh, to win that game for Miami. They don't talk about uh, Washington. Lose to the Giants on a Thursday night. They were at Atlanta. 
in early October. That game went to overtime. This one, Atlanta is still undefeated, and Atlanta only won the game when Kirk Cousins in Atlanta territory threw an interception, got returned mm-hmm. for a touchdown. That ended the game because yeah, that was yeah. in overtime. Uh, the Jets game that they lost to by 14 points, that was one of those games where on the scoreboard, they were close, but you just never really had a feel that they were going to really push the Jets. Uh, the Patriots game, same deal as I said. So they've been in games, and they did close out the game against the Eagles, a game that we were there for on October 4th with the game-winning touchdown pass late. They came back from 24 points down to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers mm-hmm. uh, late October. So I-, I agree with you that Washington can make this a uh, pretty close game. They're playing much better, and they have a good spirit about them now. They do. They're, they're, yeah, I think the team the team on a whole has settled down. Yes. A and, lot. And it started with the quarterback position yeah. settling down. They're yeah. rallying around Kirk Cousins. Cousins. And Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback, and he's been looking good. So I think I, I have a lot of hope for Washington for next year. Um, I don't think they're going to win their division. Um, but if they keep playing like they're playing, who knows? Maybe they'll get, they'll get a wild card, but I think that's slim. Uh, um, but... They are getting better. They are improving, but it's not going to be enough. Yeah, I told a couple of reporter friends of mine when we were when I was at the uh, New England uh, New York game uh, Sunday. And by the way, I'm still recovering from <laughs> being there at that game. I was I bad. I was up late watching I'm it. I'm still recovering. Like, uh, I'm still tired from watching that game. Yeah. Still recovering at the game and how it went down and how it finished. And I was screaming. The, that was another game. I was I, I was screaming yeah. at the television. I yeah. was yeah. It was. Uh, yeah. yeah, I know. I was yeah. telling a couple of reporter friends before the game because the uh, Washington, Washington had already won and Philly was in a close game against mm-hmm. Miami and the Giants were about to start against New England. I said to a couple of friends that if the Eagles were to lose to Miami and what we expect happens on the field at MetLife Stadium that we expect the Patriots to beat the Giants regardless of how it happened, I don't think a lot of us expected to see a last-second field goal, uh, but it did happen to Pages winning. I said, if that happens, I have a strange, sneaking feeling that Washington wins this division. Hmm. And it happened. The last hmm. time I had this little itch was RG3's rookie year, and they didn't have a great record. No, but they had a big win, and I thought, I can see... A couple of combinations, permutations happening where Washington gets into this and wins the division, mm. even if they were to lose against Carolina, because then they would be. I mean, the best, I mean, it's they could actually do, no. You, you know what? That's not a, a crazy prediction because the teams in the NFC East are, are not playing all that well. No, not, so, at all. not at all. So not at all. they could and, come, if they do an upswing and just start kicking butt everywhere. Then yeah, they could do that it. Is what happens. If even if Washington were to lose, and we think they'll lose, mm-hmm. there'll still only be a game back in the loss column. Yep. The Giants have a bye. We don't know what's going to happen with Philly right. uh, uh, this Sunday. You say loss, I say win. So regardless, mm-hmm. even if Washington were to lose, there'll be a game back in the loss column. After that, they have two home games: Giants, Cowboys. The Giants game is huge. Yeah. Okay. Regardless of what Washington does, Giants game is huge. Yeah. Then they play the Cowboys, a team that. Tony Romo is back. He's going to be playing this week against the uh, Miami yeah. Dolphins. We'll see how that goes. Um, if they can get those, even if they lose to Carolina, if they get those two games, they're at 500, 6-6. Six and six. And if you're 6-6 six and six in the NFC East this year going to your Final Four games, you could find yourself in first place. Their only issue is 
three of their final four games are on the road. They're winnable games, and the game at home is unbelievably winnable. Bills. Mm-hmm. Bills. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so um, but yes, at the Bears, home to the Bills, and we'll try to be there for that, for that game on Sunday, December 20th, at the Eagles, at the Cowboys. So, I think the math can work for Washington in their favor in mm-hmm. winning division, as long as they win that very winnable home game on December 20th. Yeah. No uh-huh. excuse uh-huh. losing to the uh, Buffalo Bills. Okay. <laughs> Speaking uh, of the uh, Buffalo Bills, we're not going to talk about them now, but we're going to talk about the team uh, that the Bills vanquished last Thursday. The New York Jets at five and four. Yes, twist that knife even more in me. Uh, the five and four New York Jets. Yes. The f- <laughs> After a really good start, the Jets have lost through the last four games. Yeah. They are five and four, and they are taking on the team that's tied for first place in their division, even though it's the AFC South. Uh, the Houston Texans coming off their. 10-6 to 6 victory over whatever you want to call it. <laughs> whatever, win. Uh, whatever adjective you want to put for the word win. <laughs> the most important thing, as you said, it is a win. 4-5 and five Houston. They have to play with T.J. Yates more than likely. Brian Hoyer suffered a concussion in that game. He's going through the protocol. Uh, so T.J. Yates, who was unemployed to begin the season, is now with the Houston Texans and uh, more than likely is going to be a quarterback for the Houston Texans in the game. The New York Jets have lost three of the last four games, uh, but they're still in a decent position, over 500. Not a hard schedule down the road because they're playing the Texans. They're playing the Tennessee Titans as well. Uh, so can the Jets rebound and Ryan Fitzpatrick rebound against one of his many, many, many former employers? Um, <laughs> the Houston Texans. so many. Yes. Jets, um, Texans at NRG Stadium in H-Town. As much as this pains me, I think the Jets are going to win. How does it pain you? It's not as if you're picking the Patriots to win. They're your enemy. No. The, the Patriots are going to win the division. So the Jets are... are the, right now, if, the, if, if we went to the playoffs right now... Bills are in the AFC bottom yes. second game, the, the second playoff spot. Yes. So, yes, the Jets are my enemy. Okay. okay. Yes. Well, that's the last game of the season. So the last game of the season is the Jets against Buffalo, and that is going. I think going to be that's a playoff game. I yes. think it's gonna. I think it's gonna say if the Jets or the Bills go to the playoffs. That's my prediction. But at any rate, I, I'm picking the Jets to come back and win. I am too. Uh, and I'm trying not to look through my green Jets-colored uh, glasses. Hey, look, it pained me to say that. I so. know. Well, I'm being realistic here. You don't have green Jets-colored glasses. Yeah, well, actually, don't. I don't either because I'm a pessimist about the Jets. <laughs> well, being a Jets fan means you are a pessimist. Yeah. Uh, but well, he, a lot of Bills fans are pessimists too. Yeah. <laughs> they just have a little bit more hope than you Jets yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Okay. <laughs> we can have a pessimism <laughs> contest. Uh, but I think the Jets have enough. Ryan Fitzpatrick, as long as Geno Smith doesn't start. <laughs> oh, yeah. If Geno Smith starts, then I'd be like, yo, no. And that's why I, I, I'll admit I asked him before we went on air. Is Fitzpatrick yeah, playing? Um, yeah. Is Fitzpatrick playing? So, yeah. With Fitz, yeah. The win. I do, too. I think Chris Ivory and the Jets running game gets back mm-hmm. on track. And even with the Jets being the second best team last Thursday against the Buffalo Bills, the Bills did a lot to try and A, get the Jets back in the in the game and B hand the Jets the win that they almost did. Punt that uh, oh, I, uh, oh my god. 
<laughs> All I can say is thank God for Rambo. Rambo, you deserve the AFC Defensive Player of the Week because you just basically were the whole Bills defense last week. Um, yeah, thank gosh for him. Yeah. So Otherwise, we would not be talking about the Jets would be... Right, we might not be talking. Yeah, we might not be talking. <laughs> True, good point. Yeah, that. Yeah, I would. I, I wouldn't have said, "Hey, thank you, Holly, for your bills and uh, the game." Yeah, for that's us. basically what they did. I, I was that almost happened. Yeah, all of Brooklyn heard me screaming. <laughs> anyway, anyways, anyway, dealing on Jets uh, bounce back and defeat the Houston Texans, mm-hmm. but it would not surprise us if JJ Watt has the JJ Watt game he had yesterday uh, on Monday against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals and is a one-man wrecking crew. And JJ Watt was. more than any other player can be a one-man can be a wrecking. one-man wrecking crew and change the outcome of a game yes, just can. by him defensively. So if the Jets can contain Watt and get the run game going, they should be able to win Houston. But Houston does have that second life because A, they just beat an undefeated team. B, they're in the AFC South. So hope will always spring eternal until Week 17 in winning that division. So now it's the game that Mm. I'm sure you have been waiting for to talk about. The team that I said is going to win the NFC North until further notice. If you pick anyone else, you might be out of your mind. The Green Bay Packers in the NFC North are now 6-3 and looking up at the 7-2 Minnesota Vikings, who in the past couple of weeks have really impressed me against teams that used to be located and may be located in 2016 in Los Angeles. A couple of weeks ago, the St. Louis Rams, the overtime victory, that was a hard-fought victory uh, against the St. Louis Rams, and Adrian Peterson showing himself to be one of the elite running backs against Todd Gurley, and then A.D., AP, whatever you want to call him, all day, Adrian Peterson, over 200 yards again. And they defeated the Oakland Raiders in O.C.O. Coliseum. The Vikings are 7-2 and two and are looking like a team that's not just a playoff contender, and obviously they're 7-2, and two, but they can think even more. Yes, they can. They think can. bye week. Yeah. They can think. Yes, they can. Conference championship and game. They, they must be, they should just be yeah. kissing AP's feet. Um, <laughs> and if but, you're even looking at the NFC in general, yeah. it's not as if there's one team that you really mm-hmm. fear. You uh, should fear the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. You should if fear the Vikings. Yeah. And you look out to the rest of the conference. You look at the NFC East. You look at your division, yes, the Packers are there and the Bears are improving, but in your mind, you think you're the best team. We're on top. You look at the NFC South, obviously there's Carolina. Right. All right. So that's that's the only team team I think you need to be scared about. The NFC South, of course, Arizona is 7-2, but again, they still have... Something to prove in the playoffs. Yes, they do. Host Kurt Warner. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we have the Packers and the Vikings. Tell me... Okay, watch this. Tell me how and or why the Packers could win this game. Before I get your prediction, how can the Packers win this game on the road in Minneapolis? How can they? They can't. There's no way... They can't stop Adrian Peterson. They're not going to be able to stop him. He is on fire. And with the problems that they're having on the offense, they can't win. Can't win. Can't win. There's no way. No. They can't stop Adrian Peterson. Nope. What if they did? Well, then they win. 
Simply, see, you gave me <laughs> <laughs> you Seattle Seahawks at home. That does not happen a whole lot. No. Where Seattle allows 
that many points at home. Arizona able to win that game. Yeah, like Seattle's got a lot of issues. Right Seattle's now. got issues. They do have issues, but Arizona did beat the team yeah, that did. has been the Leviathan yeah. of that division for That's a while true. now. Good for Arizona. Too. And Arizona has opened up a three-game yeah. lead on the rest of the division. So that was the Cardinals mm-hmm. on prime time last week. We talked about what happened with the Bengals in prime time mm-hmm. last week, and uh, yeah, they they uh, had a dud, a massive dud against the Houston Texans, ten to six. I am certain that the Bengals don't want another prime time dud. They will keep hearing this until the mm-hmm. end of the season and into the playoffs. Can Cincinnati? redeem themselves in a primetime game against a team, a quality team, a playoff team, a team that will make the playoffs. Can Cincinnati redeem themselves? Two questions. Can they redeem themselves? And B, will they redeem themselves on Sunday night in Arizona, University of Phoenix Stadium, Bengals and Cardinals? This is a really tough game to pick. This is, I think, the hardest one of the week for me because either one of these teams can win this game. And, I, you know, I've been really hyped on Cincinnati. I think they've been doing great. And then I saw the game on Monday. I'm like, oh, no. Is this it? Like, you know, I think we all thought it. And then I'm like, no, I think they're going to come back. And it was just a fluke. So I'm going to go with Cincinnati on this. I'm not real confident on this pick. But, I'm, I, yeah, I'm going to go with Cincinnati on this. You're going Cincinnati on the road. In prime time against Yeah, because I think Dalton has some, is, is going to go out there like, I've got something to prove. And he's been doing, you know, he, I think he got away from that a little bit because when he was, they were undefeated and, like, he put his naysayers down. And then Monday night happened, so now he's like, oh, here we go again. So I think he's going to come out there with the attitude, no, it, it was a fluke. So I think that momentum, I don't think the team, um, I think Cincinnati is going to rally around him, and I think they're going to win. I think it's going to be a close, close game. I think it's going to go right down to the wire, but I think Cincinnati pulls it off. I agree with you that it's a really, really tough game it's to t- call. This is a tough one. It probably would have been easier to pick if Cincinnati had won. Right. So if Cincinnati had won, I would have said Arizona might give them their first loss. If they had won, I probably would have picked Arizona to win this. I'm grudgingly picking Cincinnati. <laughs> grudgingly. So again, on the confidence scale from one to seven, seven most confident, one least confident, you would assign this like a one or a two. Yeah. Uh, of the yeah. Games. You probably assigned the Minnesota like, Green Bay game like a six or seven. Yeah, that was a seven. I'm, I'm, <laughs> so, co- I'm so You're confident You're more about confident that game. about Green Bay, Minnesota yeah. than any other game you predicted so far. Uh, I, even Denver, even, Scott, even the last Philly. even the last game, I think still. Minnesota. You're more confident that the Vikings will beat the Packers than yes. Carolina beating Washington. Oh no! Okay, okay. so, so I'll, I'll, I'll drop that down to a six. Okay, fair enough. I'll drop that down to a six. Yeah. Okay. This is fair also enough. a one for me, Carolina. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Uh, Cincinnati and uh, Arizona. I like the way Arizona's been playing. I really like yeah. and I've been a big fan of Arizona. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can agree with me. I can agree with you about Cincinnati. You can agree with me about Arizona and vice versa. It's so tough. Yeah, it's it is tough. tough one. I think the tipping point for me is the Arizona running game and Chris Johnson, who I'm sure not too many people expected a whole lot from, but he's one no. of the leading rushers in, in the, the NFL. NFL. Uh, yeah, NFL. NFL. Yeah. Uh, Chris yeah. Johnson and... 
He's doing really well. He has a really bit hit. of in the tank. And I do think they can run the ball uh, on Cincinnati, the defense for Arizona. Yes, they did allow 32 points, but there were two. There was one defensive touchdown for Seattle and another that was set up by the defense, and Seattle had the ball inside the 10, 15-yard line. So it's kind of misleading to see the 32 points, I believe, that uh, Arizona did give up because uh, a couple of times the defense uh, was the catalyst in mm, true, giving the true, true. Uh, Seahawks some points and Arizona's defense did play well again they harassed Russell Wilson yeah, the did. question is is it more of the Arizona defense or is it more the lack of protection for Russell Wilson who is literally now running around like a chicken with his head cut off with I, think, I, I, I think that was more Seattle more Seattle's yeah. leaky uh, yeah, offensive uh, yeah, uh, sorry uh, Offensive line. line. Yeah, it's very leaky. Yeah, so, but, yeah, so I, I do think that um, Arizona hey, um, wins uh, this game. And now, the end. No, I'm just kidding. All right, now the Monday night game in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Mm. The undefeated 9-0 New England Patriots who barely got out of the swamps of Jersey alive mm-hmm. with that 27-26 victory over the New York Giants, a game that we were there for. You can go to a lot of sportstalk.com for the recap of the game, the video recap. Uh, it was just an amazing thing to watch, watching Belichick and Coughlin go at each other, and the Giants almost pulled it off, but... Oh, I was so mad at them. The Patriots... Last second field goal, Steven Kostowski, so 54 yards. They win the game. I knew when they got it to there, like, oh, it, this game's over because he's so accurate. And now the Patriots go back home <sighs> and take on the resurgent 5-4, and four, sixth place in the AFC with a playoff spot at the moment, Buffalo Bills. After not only two wins in a row, but two wins in the division, Rex Ryan going back to his old stomping grounds, MetLife Stadium in New Jersey, and his new team defeats his old team, and you can see the emotion coming out at the very end after that last interception. And Rambo! <laughs> you were chanting Rex! No, no Rex! No, I was chanting Rambo. I still don't like Rex Ryan. That's not going to change. Um, that has not changed. But they're 5 and 4. I know. I still, don't, about I, know I still don't like Rex Ryan. But what um, were those two games against Miami and the Jets? And they did. They did. Can the Bills make it three consecutive wins and three consecutive wins in the division? Now, before I say that, I have another question for you, as I said before the Green Bay Minnesota prediction. Bill Belichick, in his career, has faced off against the Bills Mm -hmm. 32 times. And won pretty much all of them. 27 and 5. Yeah, he's pretty good. Holly Culbertson, why in the world, or how in the world, can you convince me that that record after Monday will be 27 and 6? How can it happen? It's going to happen because of injuries. I'm going to right now. The number one receiver, out. Yeah, that's all we need to focus on. Edelman is out. Now, I, I mean, they still got Gronk, and, you know, and he is a threat, but they are, Buffalo's going to triple team him. him. <laughs> Gronk is more than a threat. Well, he's he, a nuclear weapon. He is. There's, there's no getting around. <laughs> but the problem is, is if our defense plays like they did last week, which was much improved, um, compared to what we've been playing this season. Um, we blitz, 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 which we didn't do when we first played them. Um, I think we have a much better shot. Um, 
I I'm going with the Bills on momentum alone and. Plus, they're my favorite team in the whole world. I was about to say, no but fandom. No, no, no fandom it, right? does play a part of it. I'm, <laughs> I'm picking the Bills for the upset of the week, and only because of how, again, how New England played last week as well. The cracks are showing. And uh, Rex Ryan, for as much as I can't stand him, is going to expose. And he's good at exposing people's cracks, a team's cracks. He is good at that. I think this is going to be a defensive game. Um, I think the defense is going to give Brady... I think the defense of the Bills wants some redemption from the first game. And the Bills' defense wants some redemption, period, um, because they have fallen so far. And they're such talented guys. And they started showing, the last two games, they've really showed some life. And it's like, okay, they're back. They're here. So I, I'm picking the Bills for the upset of the week. You know, I will say this. The first time that the Bills played the Patriots this year, it was after the Bills had that 2 start. And there was... I guess almost too much enthusiasm going into that game. I remember I there asked was, you that question. I, did the Bills really work themselves up too yes. much? Yep, they sure did. And I think Rex Ryan built everything up way too much. I don't think he's going to do so this time. And he has kept pretty quiet. He kept pretty quiet about the Jets, which I was kind of impressed with. I'm like, okay, it's about time you shut the hell up and just focus on your team and focus on football. And if he does that again this week and keeps his mouth shut, <laughs> Maybe my I'll have a little bit more respect for Rex. A little bit. A little I still want to know in the New England game, and yeah. there was all that yeah hype. hype, and they just built it up so much, and then uh, yeah, they lost yeah. forty to thirty-two. Yeah. It was a, the I mean, they did come back. back. They, they did, did come yeah. back, and I mean that's the one thing I can say. But we're, I mean, we're going to Foxborough. It's a tough place to play. You know, hopefully they do the bug sweep before they get in there, and yeah, I had to throw that in there. <laughs> of course. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm going for the upset of the week. I will say this again. The uh, Bills are going to be more subdued going into this game. Mm-hmm. And they have momentum, obviously, going mm-hmm. into this game. And they've done very well in the division so far. Uh, even though they lost to the Patriots, having those wins against uh, the Jets and having the win against the Dolphins, a sweep against the Dolphins, sweep excuse me. And um, both games. Yeah, both we games. Yeah, yep, sweep against the uh, Dolphins. And the New York Giants definitely gave the Bills a blueprint uh, mm-hmm. for success. And the Giants, yeah. honestly, watching that game, were the better team. Yeah, they were. Uh, those Much. 60 minutes, they once Edelman got hurt, the Patriots' offense really had Struggled. stagnated. Uh, after that first drive, which they took 8 minutes, 80 yards, touchdown, and then right after that, Odo Beckham Jr. touchdown, 51 seconds after mm-hmm. that. That kind of stunned the Patriots a little bit, and they lost Edelman. If it wasn't for Danny Amendola's punt return down 20 to 10, which he would have scored if right. his own teammate didn't trip him. Right. Um, if it wasn't for that punt return, they would have lost the game. They could have very easily lost, lost the game. game. I believe yeah. they would have lost the game. Me too. And one thing I want to highlight in that game uh, between the Giants and the Patriots before I talk about the Patriots in relation to the Bills. At the end of that game, the Giants got a first down right around the 25-yard mm-hmm. line. Yep. And with about 2.15 left in the game, Bill Belichick called a timeout. Mm-hmm. And I had tweeted, wow, that's a huge gamble to take your timeouts now. The Giants are in field goal range, but they're still right around the 25-yard line. Because if in the event the Giants got another first down but didn't score a touchdown, they could literally take the clock down to 30 seconds, yeah. 35 seconds, right. or even less than he, that. He, he, he he for him to do that. Here's what happened. Tom Coughlin knew that too because mm-hmm. he knows Belichick well he decided to pass the ball I know 
And they got a first down on that pass completion. Yeah. Only one problem. Dwayne Harris caught the ball, went out of bounds. Bounce. Even though the pass pretty much took him out of bounds. Yeah. So essentially, here's what happened. The Patriots got five timeouts. Mm-hmm. The three timeouts they had, the two-minute warning, and Dwayne Harris going out of bounds. bounce, yeah. And even with, they got five timeouts. Yeah. And even with that, they had to spike the ball with six seconds Second left, left. And then the field goal went through the uplights with one second left. Yes. So it was great to watch that spy versus spy, genius versus genius. Belichick knew, okay, the Giants aren't going to run the ball three times and get a first down. They mm-hmm. can't run the ball on us. They can't no. run the ball, period. They can't. But the Bills can run the Bills ball. Bills can now, Tom Coughlin knew, okay, I know that we can't run the ball three times to get 10 yards against this defense. I'm going to need to get another first down and, and try to stay in bounds so the pitchers call those timeouts before the two-minute warning would be a moot point. Right. And they got the first down. Only problem is he went out of bounds. Yeah. The pitchers were able to still, even after the third down play, call their last timeout. Field goal was good. Instead of about... 30, 40 seconds left in the game, the Patriots had a minute and 47 seconds Which left. is a lifetime. Way That's too way much too much. No, when that happened, I said, oh, New England just won this game. Yeah. Because that's given Brady way too much time. Yeah. And 30 he, seconds, it, it, they would have won the game. Yeah. But that was giving Brady way too much time. Yeah, so the Patriots did flip the script on the they Giants. Did. And now I'm going to relate it to the Buffalo Bills. And I do believe the Bills have an advantage when they're on defense against the Patriots on offense without Julian Edelman. Because if, he, if you're a defense and you go up against the Patriots, you have Edelman, you have Gronkowski. You have to concentrate and or double team one, which leaves the other for one-on-one situations. And... Without Edelman, it is a huge loss. I will say, though, that the return of Brandon LaFell, who we interviewed in the postgame, Brandon LaFell has been a quality-wide receiver, and he's going to have to step up. Danny Amendola has to step up. And I do think that and Brandon LaFell had uh, missed the first five games because of a foot injury, and he's starting to round into shape. I do think that the Patriots can have someone step up in the wide receiver core and... What I would love to see is the Bills' front four, the Bills' defense, go up against LeGarrette Blunt because the Patriots are going back to that blueprint of running LeGarrette Blunt and taking pressure off the pass game and Tom Brady. They're going to do that more. Yes. I think that's the biggest matchup. Can the Patriots establish a run game? They're going to try because we, William, against the Bills. Well, one of the Williams isn't playing, so they will try because he, you know. Um, but... I don't think they're going to be that successful. I, th- I do think that it'll be worth staying up to 11.30, I think it'll be a pretty good game. I hope you don't yeah. wake everybody up here in Brooklyn if it's close. And there's uh, some... Yeah. My neighbors aren't going to be. I, I warn them. I, I warn them. The well, good thing they're friends of mine. Yeah. You're a good neighbor. Uh, but yeah, there's going to be... Um, it's going to be tight. Yeah. And... But, well, you know, I, I got the bills. 10 and 0. 10 yeah. and 0. Right. Patriots. Right. You got the Bills, even though at the same time you, at one point, had picked the Patriots to go 16-0. I did. <laughs> but that, that, that's 
before last week. That's before last week. Okay, yep, yes, things are fluid. Yeah, things um, are very fluid. And uh, yes, that is our third down segment. And before we go to our fourth down segment, I want to throw it back to another fourth down that we had, and it did relate to those undefeated teams. And one of our fourth downs was there are four undefeated teams. In 1990, there were about to be two undefeated teams after Thanksgiving. It didn't happen. The Giants and the uh, 49ers lost before their big monumental matchup on Monday Night Football in 1990. So, I asked Holly, oh, are there going to be more than one undefeated team? Yeah, Is there going to be more that. than one undefeated team said, yeah. by November 26th? Not only did Holly say, yeah, she was emphatic. <laughs> yeah! Four undefeated teams are now down to two. Two, yeah. And yeah. if... In the, the two that I thought were going to be left are gone. Yeah, Denver and Cincinnati. Yeah. And if... Your prediction of... No, I said Denver would go down. I, I did say Denver would go down. I said Carolina, it was going to be Carolina, Cincinnati, and New England. Okay, yes. I did say okay. Denver was going to be down. Okay. You didn't think Denver was going down. Uh, no. Right. I that's did not. What, yeah. I that's, did not. That's what, um, but, that's what it was. But I knew that question was going to be tough because it just doesn't happen. I know. When multiple undefeated teams go that late. There have only been three occasions in NFL history that two teams went into a week 9-0. and oh. 1934, 1990, which is what I was talking about with right. you, the Giants and 49ers, 2009. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. Even with all these undefeated teams, even with good teams being really good and bad teams being really bad, something just happens where even those undefeated teams will uh, 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 incur a loss. And if your Bills prediction comes true, there will only be one undefeated team before that November 26th, so I technically know. your fourth down would fail. But I'll, I'll take the fail. <laughs> I'll take, take the, the fail. fail. I'm taking the fail. You would take the fail. I will take it. <laughs> All right. So our fourth down segment this week deals with the Sunshine Staters. Mm. So the Jacksonville Jaguars last week won against the Baltimore Ravens. The Miami Dolphins won last week against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers won at home against the Dallas Cowboys. That was the first time since week 14 of the 2013 season that all Florida teams won in the same week. First time in almost two whole years. <laughs> First time in almost two whole years that all of the three Florida teams won on the same week. So it's a fairly simple fourth down. The Sunshine Staters will double up and all three Florida teams will win on the same week. In back-to-back weeks, the Jacksonville Jaguars have their Thursday night game against the Tennessee Titans at home. The Miami Dolphins are at home against the Dallas Cowboys at 2-7. Tony Romo's coming back from injury. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on the road against the Philadelphia Eagles. You have already picked Tampa in your predictions against the Philadelphia Eagles. So your fourth down is this, your hypothetical. For the second consecutive week, all three Florida teams win on the same week. Jacksonville plays Tennessee at home. Miami plays Dallas at home. Tampa Bay, Philly, Road. Do the Jaguars, Dolphins, and Buccaneers all win again on the same week, back-to-back weeks, going for it or punting? Punting. Miami's going to screw it up. 
<laughs> I so thought you were going to go for it. I so thought. No. No. You think no. Miami screws up even after they beat the Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah. And they're back home against a Cowboys team that's lost seven straight games. Yeah. Miami's going to screw it up. More than Dallas is going to win the game. Tony Romo's back, but he hasn't yeah. played in I think he, yeah, I know. weeks. I, no, I don't think the, I don't think Miami's going to beat Dallas. They're at home against Dallas. Yeah, I know. I don't think they're going to win. How hard? I'm punting it. How hard was this? Not hard at all for me. You were certain that was Miami certain. was going to, mm-hmm. to lose. Yep. To Dallas. Yeah. At home. Yep. Dallas hasn't won since I September. I, it's I, November. I understand that. And I hate Dallas. You think Dallas goes all the road and beats Miami? Yeah, I do. It's going to be the big comeback game. And everybody's like, yay, Romo's back. And all that. everybody's going to be all excited. Um, yeah. You're punting, especially mm-hmm. when I set it up. What do you I think know. Jacksonville does against Tennessee? I think Jacksonville's going to win, actually. You may have one less uh, family member. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Sorry, Mike. So you do think Jacksonville wins, and I thought you may have thought that. You do think Tampa is going to win, and as, mm-hmm. as I said, that fourth, the fourth down, had a couple of fourth oh, downs right. already. Were, it depended uh, on uh, is Tampa game. This team, I couldn't tell you, was right. Tampa. Since you did, now I can go with the Florida yeah. question. So, yeah. Holly thinks the Miami Dolphins will screw it up for all the Sunshine State football fans. Yes, oh, I do. That is interesting. I, I saw. Right. I saw, when I wrote this down, I said, "I think Holly's going to go for this." Oh. Okay. I think Holly's going to go for this, especially since she hates Dallas. I do. Okay, and they haven't won in two months. Yeah. Literally two months. Yeah, I've not won. Well, I'm not a Miami fan either. But yeah, well, I hate Dallas more. Exactly. I'll admit that. Ah, but I couldn't get Holly to bite on this, and hopefully, we will come back on a later episode and. Rub it interface that you might. all but <laughs> I got teams won. But again, she's making it sound just so easy. I know. Well, <laughs> I thought that. I had no doubt. Well, yeah, Miami's going to lose. Okay. Okay, Miami's going to lose. Yep. Uh, but Jacksonville, she says, Holly says, is going to win. win. Uh, that has been another episode of Down in Distance. We can't thank you enough, the listener, and I can't thank you enough, Holly Culbertson, You're for very welcome. being part of this once again. And in a pinch as well, if only everybody knew... Alright, <laughs> how quickly we had to put this show together. Exactly. Uh, yes, but uh, again, Holly, thank you so very much for your company. It is always a pleasure to have you, even if you do twist the knife a little bit more that the Bills beat the Jets. Um, the Jets will make the You would have twisted it tonight. You would have twisted no, it. If the I, I would have been yes. unbelievably diplomatic. Uh-huh. Okay. Mr. Diplomatic. Okay. okay. But if they won the game after the punter dropped the ball, I might have said something. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I might have said something. Something. I might have. Yeah. Okay. Only in that situation. Okay. <laughs> if the Jets were fair, I don't want to say fair and square. If they won, right. they're a little bit more dominant. I wouldn't say anything. But if right. it was yeah. them dropping a punt and then scoring, then. But oh, I do yeah. have to give credit to the Bills defense for yeah. a couple of amazing plays. Yeah. stand. So, yeah. on that note, I'm giving the Bills credit to end the show. Oh, God. Where's, yes. where's my Maylocks? Okay. <laughs> Thank you so very much for joining us for Holly Culbertson. I'm Adashina Korki. We will see you down the road on another episode of Down and Distant. Thank you so very much for joining us. Stay tuned to a lot of sports talk and a lot of sports talk.com. We have a couple of 
other podcasts, our flagship pro- podcast, the A Lot of Sports Talk podcast. We have an interview with the renowned sociologist, sports sociologist, Dr. Harriet Edwards, talking about the situation at the University of Missouri. So stay tuned for that on episode 23. It's a great episode, a great conversation, a half-hour conversation with Dr. Harriet Edwards. So again, for Holly Culbertson, my name is Adishina Koike. We will see you next time on Down and Distance on A Lot of Sports Talk. Thank you.